0: In parts parts, nonetheless in parts nonetheless but that's not but that's not not what this podcast is about (laughs)
1: see and that's the kind of fun stuff that happens when you leave the two of us alone for a while Um, or
2: leave the two of you in a car with me for a few hours
1: (laughs) hey we didn't get to accents until four hours into the trip
2: right
0: Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible,
1: Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things,
0: and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as much as you'll hear,
1: and as much as we enjoy having them digital media operates from a distance.
0: And that's not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in The Life That Finds Its Epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin.
1: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Christ in All Things. My name is Pastor Jason Shockman, And I'm Pastor Lance O'Donnell.
2: And I'm Allison Mackey.
1: She's our Director of Parish Music here at St. Paul's. Uh, we want to just briefly to um, let you, the congregation, or the listener, in on a conference that we went to called the Good Shepherd Institute. It's hosted at the Fort, the Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, a couple of years ago, Pastor O'Donnell, you and I went to this conference, um, and w- we found such value not only in um, the the time of sitting with musicians and singers and and listening to the the faith be sung, but also in the presentations that were made and the papers that were given uh, for pastoral theology and practice, but. But the papers didn't come from that perspective.
0: They were talking about hymnals and music. And, 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 and should be, it should be noted that the Good Shepherd Institute is a conference for pastors and church musicians in particular, but for anyone who's interested in theology and church music or the, in, theolo- in theology and the arts of the church but music in particular. particular. Yeah. And and it was such a valuable time for us.
1: We came back from that conference and said, this needs to be an annual and we need to take Allison with us. Now we had intended on taking Allison last year. That didn't work out. It did this year. And we were really glad to take you Allison. Uh, But it was that trip. It was on that trip that we wrote the parting glass.
0: Ah, yes, our uh, Reformation Tap Society closing song. Yeah, the uh, what? What do we call that type of song? The closing song. No, 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 no. There's it's a uh, it's a parting glass song. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a parting glass. So song, it's yeah. it's something it's something you sing at a pub. Yeah, at right. the and at the end of the evening. We titled it "Drink It Anew" till we drink it. Till we, Til we
1: drink it anew, right? Uh, referencing to Christ talking about. You know, celebrating
0: with us. In the, in so, for for the listeners who may not know, uh, in at some point in the not too distant future, we'll have a separate podcast called Saint Paul's Media or something of the sort, where you can occasionally have this sort of thing. But we do a we do a monthly during the during the academic year, so from September through May, uh, kind of beer and theology event at Brufinity in Oconomowoc on the third Sunday called Reformation Tap Society and at the end of so we had a we had a regular attender who made a suggestion to us he said my son who lives in Tennessee or something he yeah. like, you know he sings this they sing this song at the pub you guys should do that and we thought that's a great idea but we're just not going to sing a pub song well, first we went and listened to it right
1: which was fine which was fu- it was the the parting glass song right from Originally from Ireland, and and they sing this in pubs, and it's it's the uh, so fill to me the
0: parting glass, right? It's and it's a great song. It goes everywhere, and it
1: there's really fun versions of it. So out at the
0: there. end of Reformation Tap Society, when you come, we sing our own that was composed by your the yours truly, as it were, Jason Chockman, and in uh, the music arranged by. Alison Mackey. By Alison Mackey. And so we sing till we drink it anew. In, in parts, tar, nonetheless. In parts, nonetheless. But aye. that's not but, aye, that's,
1: but not, that's
2: not what this podcast is about. <laughs> See,
1: and that's the kind of fun stuff that happens when you leave the two of us alone for a while. Um, or
2: leave the two of you in a car with me for a few hours.
1: <laughs> hey, we didn't get to accents until four hours into the trip. right. Just pointing that out. Uh, so we have found it to be not only worthwhile to go, but the journey to get there has been worthwhile for us as well. Uh, as we share in this ministry, in this work together in the church, um, it, the parting glass song came out of it. You
0: know, so it's first first full week in November, toward the or second. The Monday or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of the first full week in November? Is that when it is?
2: Uh, It's different depending on when Thanksgiving is.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay, because it's a little later, the next couple of years they they mentioned. But if you look for um, ctsfw.edu, that's Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, and events, you look for the Good Shepherd Institute or just search for Good Shepherd Institute at Fort Wayne. You'll find some in, in... we would love for some other people to go with us and we want to talk, now we want to talk about why we love to go. Yeah. So, so let, yeah, you, 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 Pastor O'Donnell, uh, what were a couple of the
1: highlights for you from this Good Shepherd Institute?
0: Well, I'll start with the music. You're here, here. And I was, I, w- we have a pastors, uh, the circuit pa- the pastor, the Missouri Synod pastors in our regional area, we call it a circuit. We meet monthly for called, it's the German word. We call it a winkle and I was just talking about it with one of the pastors this morning about what a glory it is to hear beautiful church music. And, you know, we're recalling in, this is one of, you know, one of my takeaways to hear that chapel, which is acoustically amazing filled with people and, and, and with respect with a lot of men singing. Yeah. And, and, Glorious. So we we got you know, we, we we didn't get there Sunday in time for the organ recital, which would have been really cool. Uh, but we did get there in time for choral vespers and that's led by the Seminary's Cantri, their as it were, select choir, the traveling choir. And it was it was lovely and we got to sing and we got to hear I mean it was instruments, you know, with, violin and piano. And uh, my goodness, it was just, it was lovely. It it was, I was reminded of this pastor that I talked to my vicarage, which I had an amazing vicarage. That's my internship year when you're at the seminary in Aspen, Colorado. It was great, but a small congregation of 50 people. And my organist, Nancy, I don't remember, I don't know if I told you this story, but Allison, uh, my organist, Nancy, I forget what she did for a living, but on the side, she was a hockey player. Um, and I can't say the name of the, of the hockey team because it was a little off color in Aspen. But she was on the same hockey team as the tennis great, Martina Navratilova, uh, who was, was on that team with her. Nancy played organ. And we had, this, we had this lovely little congregation of 50 people, and we did the best we could. And I remember coming back from Vicarage and being in that chapel and hearing the men sing for the first time in their families, and I just cried. Mm. And being it, it, that you go, I I would go as a layperson to Good Shepherd to get a glorious glimpse of heaven (laughs) musically. So one one of the other
1: musical highlights was the hymn festival.
0: Yeah, Uh, which was held at, Historic Saint Paul's, downtown Fort Wayne,
1: which was first time I've ever been in that church. Mm-hmm. It was huge and gorgeous and big, beautiful, classic oh, American Gothic goodness.
0: architecture yeah. with the transepts. Oh yeah, and and the music absolutely rang. Yeah, uh, big room. beautiful pipe organ, a hundred person choir that had or, been assembled for this. A mini orchestra was up
1: there yep. in the balcony. I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, And we sang hymns through the liturgical seasons of the church year. Yeah, with a little commentary here and there. Yeah. And it was really, I thought it was really well done. Uh, And um, being able to uh, join our voices with them uh, to sing along. So it wasn't a choral performance. It was a hymn festival. Uh, and looking forward to our 3 p.m. Christmas service this year, uh, knowing- Christmas the, Eve. Christmas Eve, yes. Uh, uh, knowing the acoustics of our sanctuary, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, so that was a highlight for me uh, with the music was the hymn festival. Uh, not that the music in the Kramer Chapel
0: isn't beautiful. Yeah, I was also right. going to mention the the hymn festival. Right. You know, how about for you, Allison? I mean, I know we went to sectionals and stuff, but...
2: Well, I mean, the hymn festival, yes, and all the music. I, I think for me, uh, it is particularly nice to hear really good music that I'm not in charge of. <laughs> and I don't have to do anything with. Um, because right here, if we do something... Like the 3 p.m. Christmas service. We have this hymn festival and all this stuff. That, that That's a lot of work for me. That is not a time when I can sit back and relax. And enjoy at, the music. And enjoy the music at, at all. But here I can, and I don't have to do anything.
1: And there's something really filling yes.
2: about that. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't have to do anything right now. <laughs> I can just be here. I can just, yeah, yeah and
0: sing. With, yes. with people who loved who loved singing it, yeah, yeah. Even even if they were not all trained. So so one of the
1: sectionals that I went to was the uh, Concordia Publishing House brought a selection of their newly published choral music for the year, uh, and we sight read through these
0: pieces. Whoever was there. You should explain just in case somebody might not know what sight reading the pieces means. Okay, so you have 10,
1: 20 people in a room and a guy at a piano and a guy in front of the room and he says, okay, the first piece we're going to look at is this. Oh, by the way, nobody in the room but the guy at the piano and the guy at the, the director's music stand have ever seen this music before. It's brand new. And so sight reading is, here's your music, find your part, keep up with the notes for your part as best as you can as we together as a insta-choir uh, sing... Insta-choir with yeah. Pastor Jason Schachman. Oh, scary. <laughs> uh, sing these pieces of music that are beautiful. Uh, Allison, you, you joined me on that yes. once. So yes. I actually, so because I... Because I don't get to sing in the choir at St. Paul's, it just doesn't work for me to uh, teleport to the balcony, and then we're and working the on the zip line. Fact, <laughs> they keep saying that. Um, I found it very filling for me to go sit through this choral reading twice.
0: It was a joy. It was a joy. You know, on on that on that so on my, that note, I, I want to ask you because I know you'll 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 be able to answer right away, but I want to give Allison a second to think about it. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Why, why should you, even if you've never been trained, why, why should you, why should you sing in the choir? Oh,
1: okay. The benefits
0: I think are huge, Uh, but you
1: join your voice to the song of the church and you are surrounded by those who confess the faith with you in song and you carry one another along uh, you learn to be what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Not every voice is as strong as the voice beside of it. And so you lean on one another. Not everybody can can control their breath as well as the other person. And so you breathe at different times so that the music continues. You, you learn uh, in choirs to rejoice in what is beautiful and not Nitpick and and be really nasty about little things that aren't. Yeah, it's not like vocal performance as such, right? Uh, so if if you can carry a tune in a bucket, right? If you or can, are willing to try or are willing right. to try, right? Come sing with the choir. I, I will tell you this. So I sat through that choral reading twice. The first time, there were probably twenty people in the room, and. Again, these are pastors and church musicians.
0: Largely, it wasn't pastors that and a came few, and a few instre- right. And a few interested lay people. Yeah, and a few
1: interested lay people. Sorry, my technology is beeping at me. Um, the first time we sang through it with those 20 people or so, it was amazing. Most of the people in the room were musicians. They knew their parts or, or their their voice. They knew where their voice fit. Uh, there were a couple of guys that were obviously tenors, and they rang the tenor line. There was a gentleman related to one of our own who was in the room, who's obviously not a tenor, but he rang his bass line. Uh, thank you. John Eifert uh, (laughs) and, and to, to sing along with them. You don't, you don't have to have a perfect voice. You don't, you don't have to be a vocal performer. You listen and you sing along and you live, essentially you're living out the faith as you're confessing it with the people that you sing with. It was fantastic the The guy that was directing after every piece said, "You guys sound really good <laughs> the the yeah. second time through there were less people in the room there were still some talented vocalists in the room, but it wasn't as full and Allison you were mm-hmm. in in there with the second time it
2: I, it I was the only soprano there were lots of soprano notes we did not get
1: yeah so b- but um. Nonetheless, we still carried each other along. Mm -hmm. Uh, But how much fuller and richer a choir is when there's more voices in it?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, And we had that conversation um, with Matt Mockamer. We were having a little side conversation. And
0: Matt's the associate cantor at... Fort Wayne. Well, currently he's currently he's on Vicarage, currently right? he's just a vicar. Yes,
2: right. um, but we were having a conversation about middle school choir and the joys and challenges of middle school choir, uh, and that was one of his points. You can have twenty people in a middle school choir, but if only ten of them are singing, it's going to sound like six people are singing, because they're the ten that are singing are going to. Oh, am I doing it right? I don't. Uh, and they're just going to be quiet. So,
1: whereas if you have ten yeah. kids that are singing and they're singing,
2: and and if you have a choir of ten kids mm-hmm. and they're all singing, it's great.
1: And it sounds like ten. Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: Now imagine if you had fifteen and they were all singing. Right. Right. So it, it, the, the there there is a line at which you kind of have diminishing returns. Right. But my encouragement to you. Uh, St. Paul's members, as you're hearing
0: this. And others who are listening from others, elsewhere in your right, congregation. Wherever you are, right? Try it. Spend a year.
1: Sing with the choir for a year. You don't have to be a great singer. Just commit to do it. Maybe maybe commit to do for it. For that year. Or maybe commit to do it for a season, right? Maybe commit to do it for Lent mm-hmm. and into Easter and the Easter season, right? Maybe just the spring. Or maybe just the fall as you get to Reformation and Christmas and right, be a, be a part of the choir. Just try it. You'll meet people you didn't know. You get to sing songs you didn't know. You, I know for the introvert meeting people you didn't know is not a plus. Um, but, but,
2: but you have a focused activity. You don't have to talk to the people next to you if you don't want to.
0: <laughs> so says the introvert. Yeah, if, uh, if you want to be an introvert, you can remain as such. In right. the church choir. <laughs> right.
1: uh, and what a choir adds to the life of a congregation in worship is wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Shameless plug. Well, not, and, not, not and, shameless. And it, no, not but at all. It, but it, it, cer- it certainly, it certainly flows from it. That, that's a big Allison, takeaway. What did, what, what did you, what would you add to that?
2: I need to add anything to that, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but can you? She doesn't really want to. No, she not doesn't. At, not, okay. at the, no, not at the moment. That's okay. That's okay. Which sectional did you go to?
2: Um, I. So we had the the seminar they called it, which was like the two part sectional, and then we had a couple just one part sectionals, I guess. Um, so for the the seminar one, I went to the. I don't remember what it was called, but organ, him playing stuff. Um, and that ended up being more of a discussion than anything. Um, you know, the the presenter got up there and he said, okay, well, I'm standing up here in front of all you very capable and skilled church musicians. I don't really know what I have to to add here, but uh, it was a really good opportunity for some of us to talk through this talk through some things and, you know, oh, I've noticed this in my church and I have to do this differently in my current congregation than I have had to anywhere else because of, you know, different congregations sing differently in different places and you have to accommodate that.
0: And it's helpful being around other people, isn't it? Yes. To And, and to talk through some of that stuff. Yes, it is a it is a pretty unique vocation that you have. Yes, <laughs> and
1: we're and we're thankful that you do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. The music it, it's it's a big deal. I was I was struck by Pastor Shackman, and I went to one, the same two part sectional on on the arts in the church, and we're and he was talking about visual. This pastor from Iowa named uh, Jonathan Connor. I think it's Manning, Iowa. Does that sound right? And he did a he did a two part presentation on arts in the church, in which he used some classic Christian art as Lenten devotion. And you know we could we could spend a bunch of time talking about that, but for for me a bigger picture related to stewardship, and I talked about this in the sectional, is the church Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the, I should say the, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ inspires passion, unlike anything in the history of the world. True. And it had that, it ha- reflection upon the life and the death and the resurrection and second coming of Christ has in- inspired some of the the greatest artwork of all kinds in the history of the world and it it seemed to me and this is a big takeaway for me from this the this conference how important it is for the church to patronize the arts because we we in one of the one of the great things about the hymn festival for me was not only hearing the voices but singing this stuff that spanned several hundred years. yeah. And, you know, we were, I mean, we were, we were singing with each other, but, you know, when you sing these hymns, these have been sung sometimes hundreds of years before a couple of them were much newer and we were, we were singing with the church across time and we don't do that in the culture very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's one thing to sing an Elvis tune at karaoke with your grandma and grandpa or something like that, but it, it's not the same. It's, it's not yeah. the same. N- n- no <laughs> it is not as singing about trust in christ in the middle of in the tr- trial yeah with R- written by a pastor who b- buried several of his
1: own children and his wife and several thousand people in one year while he was pastoring uh during some epidemic pandemic breakout Of is that
0: the shawling hymn? yeah lord the i love with all my heart right
1: uh, no, no, no,
0: no.
2: Uh, now thank we all our God. Now yes. thank
1: we we all, yeah, that we, yeah, that's it. We
0: Which we, we all think of as a, it's a catchy,
1: you know, it's, we usually <laughs> now sing Now thank
0: it. we all our God with hearts right. right. and hands and voices. And we yeah.
1: usually sing it around Thanksgiving, right? Huh? No, no, no. It wasn't written in this joyful time of Thanksgiving. It was written in the depths of
0: sorrow. And, and he, here's and this he faithful would, pastor. This is, this is what, you know, that Christ inspires. In and yeah. in, to me, I thought on a couple fronts. One, the church needs to patronize this. And, sec- and secondly, God raise up people who appreciate this, who have means to make it happen, because some of the artwork that we looked at was from incredibly skilled visual artists. That doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to pay them. You know, you've—I <laughs> mean, one, you've got to go through—you've got to go through all the training, yeah—and—and and then you know—and then somebody's got to pay you f- to spend. You know, some of these pieces, you know, they spend months and months and even years working on. Uh, one of the Rembrandts that we looked
1: at was not a painting; it was an etching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a that's an etching in a copper plate that then is inked and printed, mm-hmm. and that that printing is like the a print off of the fourth state or the fourth rendition of that copper plate. So he he made the copper plate. He printed what it had given him. He made changes to it on the paper that he printed it on, the vellum that he printed it on. Then he took those changes to the copper plate and etched them in. And then again, and then again, and then again. And this is the fourth then state (laughs) of that copper plate. That takes time, people, and skill. And what he masterfully shows us in this piece of art is wonderful. At the same time, we looked at another painting um, of the altarpiece of um, I forget the, the name. one in Ghent. No, the, the uh, Saint Angelo's. The whatever, wherever the it was. guys that were dying of this disease that they were getting oh, because yeah. of a, a a mold in the barley they were eating. Right. Um, so
0: they, yeah, these people got these terrible sores, and so they were in and, a and like hospital m- for
1: that. Felt I mean, felt like they were on fire, and it right and succ- died a painful horrible death well the the painting of christ on the cross on the altarpiece in the chapel established by the by the brothers the monks who established that hospital for those people with that disease shows the, the potentially most realistic picture of christ on the cross every bone out of joint skin is all you know eaten with these sores and that the same kind of sores these people were going to have
0: and so the people saw oh, visually Christ on the cross that looked like
1: them yeah this that is suffered
0: like them oh the, yeah and 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 in that in in that there's and there were all these subtleties of the promise of the resurrection yeah and and the new and the new life and that this would and this would come to an end. So on top of all of this wonder there's also things that
1: are presented at the Good Shepherd Institute. Uh, one was a paper about the Lutheran hymnal. The old red one.
0: That was by Dr. Paul Graham who's the dean of the chapel at Fort Wayne. <laughs> it was great because if you've been around L- 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 Missouri Synod circles or even Broader American Lutheran circles for a while. You know of what was called the Lutheran hymnal that was published in 1941. Kind of the stand, it was for most people the red hymnal. And there's a great deal of nostalgia for it amongst conservative Lutheran LCMS types today. That we should go back to it. and, And how unifying it made us. And
1: and this paper went. I mean, he he dug deep into the, the CH at Concordia Historical Institute Archives. He actually went and tracked down the grandsons in some cases of the guys that were a part of establishing this hymnal, which is a project that began in nineteen twenty nine.
0: I, I was interested in that presentation. And when it when it comes out in paper, I think anybody who's interested in worship in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod will find this valuable. The presentation, I hope the video is available because it was, you know, there was there was some chuckling in the room, and it was, it was, it was really well done. It was um, for certain a, a high point and, But one of the things for me was I I I've always liked that hymnal in many respects, hymn wise, but not liked it as much liturgically. Yeah, and and it was fascinating to find out that that was really the committee's focus. The 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 committee. You know, was getting pressured by people to to reengage some historic forms of Lutheran worship, and they didn't want. You know, the committee, the broader committee, didn't want to do it. And he has all this evidence for. Right, we're just going to stick with kind of more, yeah, bland stuff. We got the we got a lot of the hymn stuff, yeah, right. Because in that in that hymnal was as the as the Missouri Synod was becoming an English speaking, you know, yeah. the, the, firmly establishing the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod as an English speaking. Lutheran Church body. That was a great presentation. Busher's, huh. Dr. Jim Busher, who's um, professor of um, early church history and dean of the deaconess. School. And dean of the deaconess school has been in that position for ten years. and, and did a did a paper on the theology of mercy in what he called uh, termed based on some his study demiurgic humanism, which is a which is. What does demiurgic mean, Pastor? O'Bell? Well, it, it's his the, the thesis was basically that we're in, we're in a unique place in history where we are our own gods, believing us. So it's not we're not in we're not in battle, as it were, against secular humanism. It's a it is a theological humanism that really worships the self, and the the self made. Self. I, you know, I have, se- I have several notes on it. It's one of those where I'm, I'm eager, you know, I tend to be a guy that likes primary sources. Yeah. You know, I like reading the scriptures themselves and I like people. Um, I, I, you know, and it's one of the reasons I didn't finish my PhD is I really don't like secondary and tertiary sources. That's a paper I'm going to want to read. I have it. Oh, you, did you, did he send it to you? Yeah. Ah. So
1: w- one of the things he defined, dem- so demiurgic, demi meaning God. Yep. Urgic meaning I never quite got that power power right. so God power of our own right so me, a, me, a demigod is kind of a yeah a partial God yeah so de- right that's where Demi right the 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 urgic part is the part that I never nailed down uh, but he identified it this way is uh, it, it, secular humanism is the whole I think therefore I am right demiurgic humanism is identity itself is self-orienting and identity is not an immutably given thing and so who you are and what you are is is in this world in this
0: secular or Or demi 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 under under demiurgic humanism you get to make yourself whatever you want at any point in time yep rather than receive it which is what the church teaches that God is the giver and bestower. Yeah. Of of the gracious bestower bestower of identity that rather. And
1: and that is immutably given. Yes. Immutably
0: unchangeably given, right? Who you are is who God created you to be. So, you know, we're, we're doing this podcast as a debrief of the good shepherd Institute. And we started talking about music. Now we're just geeking out. Well, but we're, (laughs) but part of part of the point is, is, and why we would encourage people to join us at Good Shepherd is that this conference is, is pastoral theology Mm -hmm. and the, and the arts in the church in particular church music and was invigorating in almost every kind of way and well, well worth, well worth the trip to well, Fort Wayne well to participate. Worth sleeping on the mattresses and in the even dorms, even worth it for yeah. Allison to deal with our shenanigans at the end of that five and a half hour drive. Well, I, w- I would last, like to think for the last hour and a half <laughs> we were really good. We were quiet for four hours, <laughs> and then we started getting silly.
1: And then we got yeah. You know, there is, there way. is
0: something to be said for a road trip, Amen. With, <laughs> with friends, and and so that's our debrief of the Good Shepherd Institute. Did we have anything else we wanted to add there, Allison? I don't think so. I'll leave you with this. Uh dear listener, please uh, consider
1: joining us, not just at Good Shepherd Institute, but for the road trip. <laughs>
0: we'll see you next well, time. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> and and for the beautiful music that occurs here. Amen. God bless you. For show notes and other information about Christ in All Things, visit ChristinAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristinAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in All Things to you as a gift, but it's not free to produce
1: and distribute. So if you'd like to help us make Christ in All Things a self-supporting show
0: and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristinAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ-in-all-things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not
1: true. You love those way too much, and I still can't believe you bought them. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping.
0: And a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping and a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate
1: more than that, well, fly us wherever you want, and we will record Christ in All Things
0: at your chosen location, within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports Youth Ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All
1: Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at or the old-fashioned way, give us a call, 262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission.